red light mean it's going? I've been cool. I've been hungry. Now for a while, I guess most of my dreams have come true. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It Up podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Toy Story 3, 2010, rated G, hour 43 minutes, directed by Lee Unker, director of uh, Coco, Dante's Lunch, find, co-director of Finding Nemo, co-director of Monsters, co-director of Toy Story 2, and he was a co-director along with some of Pixar's finest. Uh, David Silverman was also on Monsters, Inc. as a director. Pete Docter was heavily involved as well. Andrew Stanton also involved in um, Finding Nemo with directing, with helping him direct with it. And uh, in Toy Story 2, he was accompanied by Ash Brannon and John Laster. Uh, believe... Unkirk was involved on the first Toy Story, but I can't find any information regarding it. He might have just been a producer of some sort. Anyways, um, actually, I can't find him as an EP or anything on and on Toy Story One. So it looks like he joined Toy Story uh, or Pixar around Toy Story Two, which would be ninety nine. Although he did work a little bit on A Bug's Life. Um. Let me see what else we have on here before we want to get into the nitty gritty, the nitty and the gritty. So we've been talking uh, about Toy Story, the franchise, for the last couple podcasts. Um, I knew that Toy Story 4 was coming out at the end of this week, and everyone was raving about it. I wanted to be completely up to date, watch all the Toy Stories for y'all, just so I could have a fresh update and a you know a hot take on the new Toy Story movies. So Toy Story 1, one of the best entries in the animation franchise. Number 2 um is more of a continuation of the story. It uh expands the world in uh ways that show more commercial merchandising and uh, consumer consumerism. Um, Toy Story 3 is very much about the kids that are becoming outgrown of the toys that they once were, uh, you know, once they held, once that they held dear. And so that's kind of a through line through all of the Toy Stories, to be honest, the first, you know, first three, they always talk about you don't want to be a lost toy. You basically, if you you have a kid, uh, you need to, you know, be there for them. There's very much this uh, unspoken loyalty to whoever owns the toys, generally, with the exception of maybe people like Sid. Um, let's see, Toy Story three is. Remarkable because one of of the quality, I think the the storytelling quality and the narrative structure of this movie works uh, a lot better than the second one, in in my opinion. The first one is really introducing you to this world and 
the world building is what is a lot of fun for me, and you know the the banter and character character uh, development between uh, all of these uh, interesting uh, characters. Whether you're you're with the gang, you know, Mister Potato Head and Rex and Ham and Bo Peep or something like that, or whether you're with uh, Wood. Woody and uh, Buzz or, you know, Jesse or something like that. The thing was the first movie had that banter and the interaction that we really liked. And I think what Toy Story 3 is they go back to that kind of banter in a way, but not in a way that feels uh, like they're going back to that well for something. It feels very much like they... um, This movie feels very much like they wanted to have... uh, focused ending for the trilogy and given that it this movie came out 11 years after the uh, toy story 2 so um yeah these toys are getting old in proximity to how old the main uh protagonist is or the main human character which is andy andy's damn about 18 years old going to college by this point so he doesn't want to play with these toys so there's kind of um there's this through line of throughout this movie of what happens to lost toys and what you know what really is being uh you know what what is the final say uh for a toy you know where where do they ultimately want to end up and so uh, here's the synopsis real quick. The toys are mistakenly delivered to a daycare center instead of the attic right before Andy leaves for college. And it's up to Woody to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned and to return home. Um, so yeah, it's one of those gotta go back home movies, but, um, just like the previous, I don't know, the previous three movies all say, you know, we got to go back to our owner. That's all. That's really what it's about. And kind of finding the purpose of um, of a toy, I guess that that, that's really somewhat explored in this third movie as well. Um, So let me see what else we can put. We have a couple of new characters that are introduced for. Toy Story 3. Let me see if I can find them located on here. Ned Be- Ned Beatty as Lotso was the new character that is brought into this um, franchise. You, you'd recognize his uh, southern draw that he has. He um, definitely has one of the uh, most notable uh, voices that you could probably think of. He was, on, he was Bobby on Deliverance and... Uh, Otis on Superman and uh, Senator Charles on Shooter. If you ever saw that movie with Mark Wahlberg, um, but anyways, oh, we had uh oh my goodness, Michael Keaton is Ken in this movie. I had no idea that was Michael Keaton. I thought it was a uh, Ken was play. It sounded like a Chris Pratt type or something like that. But maybe back in the day that would have made more sense for uh, Michael Keaton. Um, but pretty much everyone else is the same returning. Um, Blake Clark replaced Jim Varney as Slinky Dog, I believe, by this time, because I do believe Jim Varney had, uh, Jim had passed away by this point. Um, let me see what else we got. Um, like I said, this movie, in comparison to the others, 
really blew the box office out of the water. I think the first movie, like regurgitate real quick, first movie, budget of thirty million, made back I don't know like less than. Here, we're gonna go back and just talk about it for anyone that hasn't, um, that has not listened to the other Toy Stories. I, I just like running down the numbers because it, it fascinates me by how well they did. First movie, thirty million dollar budget, opened to twelve million, grossed three hundred and seventy three million worldwide. Toy Story two, Toy Story two, it, Toy Story three additional. Second movie. The second movie made ninety million dollars and ended up grossing, uh, what was it, a, just shy of half a billion dollars worldwide in fifty-seven million dollars opening uh, opening weekend, and so Toy Story three had a two hundred million dollar budget. They basically doubled the budget of the second movie, and they brought back a hundred and ten million dollars opening weekend U.S. And went on to gross one billion dollars worldwide, and so obviously these are fantastic movies. They they seem to um, relatively get better with quality. Um, I would say that uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Let me get into the synopsis real quick. The toys are mistaken mistakenly delivered to a daycare instead of an attic right before Andy leaves for college. And it's up to Woody to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned and to return home. So the uh, the premises here is in the first movie, we're very much secluded to Andy's house and Andy's, uh, I don't know, there's like three main locations. It's Andy's house, Pizza Planet, and... Uh, um, the gas station or a car of some sort, maybe Sid's house. I guess there's some some decent places they go. The thing about Toy Story Two is that it seems to really plant our shoes into two different locations, and they're right across from each other. So it doesn't exactly feel like the toys get out and explore the world, which is what I think is one of my favorite aspects about the. Uh, Toy Story is that they are always out, out and about, and they're trying to navigate this larger-than-life world. The thing about what was it, Toy Story Two, is we're we're basically isolated with the Woody plotline stuck in an apartment, and it's just not that interesting, in my opinion. the The emotional through line in it is um, the commercialism side of owning toys and uh, what that means, um, and they do dabble a little bit with what an owner thinks uh, or or what toys think an owner is going to do to them once they're finished with them. So th- that's not extreme. That that plot line of ownership uh, and purpose is, def- is dabbled within all of the Toy Story uh, movies. So I would say that this third movie does the best job of Fulfilling purpose, fulfilling um, what it means to be a toy, I guess, and the importance of it. But uh, also just uh, kind of finding your place. I think that that, that's a big part of this Toy Story 3 movie and all all of them at the same time, I would say. Um, 
This movie is a lot darker, I would say, than and a lot more uh, dramatically filled when it comes to some of the character beats. Overall, like I said, the first one we're in Andy's a uh, couple locations, you know, the Pizza Planet, the the like I said earlier, his house, Sid's Sid's house. We're all very close to where Andy would have been. Second one, we're in that apartment and the the toy store. And I wish I would have done a little bit more at the Toy Story when they were there. Um, so Toy Story 3, they were taken to the daycare, which is the daycare is essentially like a retirement home for toys. If you really get down to the details of what it sounds like it's supposed to be. And of course, it has this, you know, uh, this this front that makes it look extra sweet everything about the daycare looks great and you know of course the toys are gonna think originally hey this is a great idea which is uh, uh you know this is the next best thing from being with andy who is going to college and andy doesn't want toys at college with the exception of woody so uh i love the premise i love the setup it it follows through on all cylinders i think what i said in the first uh, Toy Story is that it hits on all cylinders, and I think that this movie hits on all cylinders just in the same way. The only thing is, let me see. Uh, let me see. I I felt genuine laughs throughout this movie, unlike um, I don't know Toy Story two. I chuckled, but I I was genuinely laughing in the first one and the third one, and so there's just. Something about this third one that really hits the heartstrings, and there's moments in here that make you feel like you're eating an entire apple in one bite. <laughs> you know, just have that lump in your throat for like literally five minutes, and you're just holding on to that one tear. And that's that's sort of what I felt like by the end of this movie. I was very surprised by how powerful it was, even after seeing it. Um, you know what is it? Probably almost ten years later, because I I almost guarantee you saw saw it in theaters in twenty ten. So I um yeah I I definitely felt the heartstrings being pulled. Let me see if I can bring anything else before we hop into the spoiler section. A section of the spoilers of the spoiler section. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think I have too much to say before we get into the, uh, spoiler section. Um, let me see. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Sid is listed on this cast. I wonder if he was originally supposed to be on the cast. Don't think he's actually in it though. So, um, okay, so let's go ahead and talk spoilers for Toy Story Three because I can't really think of anything else we need to talk about off the top of my head. I could be, I could be crazy, and I just don't know what uh, what I'm saying. Or sorry, I could I could be crazy, and I don't know uh, what I'm missing in the spoiler f- free section. So, 
might have to go back and add that a little bit or something. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many of these Toy Stories now that I'm starting to uh, get all boggled up. Uh, Toy Story 3. Okay, so we're in the spoiler section. If you've watched Toy Story 3, you know that this is probably the biggest heartfelt movie uh, through an animation since... Um, well, actually, this this movie probably made you feel something, you know, emotionally, just as the same director did uh, for Coco. Um, Coco, I was literally in the theater with just, like, water and tears just streaming down my face. The entire, uh, like, third act of Coco. It was, it was a rough one, but um, a wonderful movie. This, this is where he got his chops. Leon Kirk was the director of Coco, and previously before that, he was a director on here for Toy Story 3. And I was just like, my God, uh, it, for, a, for toys, like, how, how are they getting this kind of reaction out of us for, you know, just toys? Uh, writers, uh, unfortunately, John Laster, unfortunately, uh, Andrew Stanton, we had uh, Lee Unkirk and Michael Ardnett on it. Um, one thing I never, I don't think I ever mentioned in the first uh, Toy Story was that the first Toy Story had Steve Jobs as a, a EP on there, and uh, he must have been some sort of producer behind the scenes. I'm, I'm curious of why he didn't continue in the other Toy Story franchises. Um, I wonder if it had something to do with Apple. So... Um, yeah, we're in the spoiler section for Toy Story 3. Kind of talked about everything but the spoiler section. But, okay, so essentially we find out the, the toys are on the wrong side of the daycare. And they, they do not want to be on that side because they're being uh, not treated with respect. And so it really is a fucking horror show when you see all these toys get taken by the toddlers. And they're slammed and they're beaten and they're they're bitten and they're thrown and they're broken and shattered and it is just an amalgamation of shit that is happening to them and uh it it'll really like shake you if you were uh, you know of a certain age and even as adults it was still crazy because you know like you're like dude my friends you're like my friends and they're getting fucked up and stuff like that so um yeah, there are a couple things in this movie that do jump the shark a little bit with Mr. Potato Head becoming a tortilla for some reason. The, the, this movie definitely tries your patience on the idea of a sentient toy because evident, evidently these sentient toys can just put their parts on another inanimate object and become that inanimate object via... Mr. Potato Head becoming a tortilla potato head. It was, it's hilarious in the gag, but Lord, does it open up a can of worms that makes you wonder, like, wait a second. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> it's sort of like that new mission in, sorry, Men in Black International where the only, al there's an alien and it's just a pair of shoes. It didn't even make sense. Like, it, it, when you, you're jumping the laws of, your own physics of your own world, which, oh Lord, I, I mean, I don't want to go down that route or anything, but uh, logistically, there are some problems when it comes to that. Um, I do enjoy 
the new characters of Lotso. There's a giant ass creepy looking baby named Daisy, but they call it Big Baby. Um, and I forgot what the other uh, sidekicks were for Lotso. But anyways, there's these new there are these new let's just say antagonists that we are introduced to, and they're they're a lot of fun. I I think that uh, the um. The main problem with I, I've already seen Toy Story four, so I'll just kind of give you a quick spoiler. It, it, it's not a spoiler for it, but I do think that there is a fundamental misfire on the quote unquote antagonist part in the Toy Story four movie. I'll 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 enlighten you on the the details in that podcast, but overall, the reason that this movie is superior to pretty much. The majority of Toy Stories, maybe give or take the first one. Um, this one has an excellent storyline, swift pacing. It has uh, emotional beats and character development that makes sense. Um, with the exception of the potato, potato head thing, I think this is almost a perfect movie. And so I, I gave it a, a, a 9 out of 10 just because of uh, the emotional through lines that it brings you on. By the end of the movie. Uh, let me see. Toy Story. Um, let me see anything else. So. We know as a character. Sorry. We know as. From Woody's perspective. That the toys were being put into the attic. And not into the trash. Where. They were kind of taken mistakenly out as trash. Um. It, it felt natural in the way it happened. It never felt like it was contrived. I, I think the majority of this felt like it was, uh, yeah, it was organic. Um, the I would say that the toys really do turn on Woody and Andy fairly quickly. I, you know, they're fairly quickly to say, you know, fuck you, Woody, or fuck you, Andy, or, you know, they don't want us, they, that kind of thing. So I'd say loyalty is something that they aren't exactly 100% in tune in, uh, in tune with. So, yeah, that was, that's probably just one thing. I, I noticed it in the first movie that uh, they were very quick to say, fuck Woody, when, although but it looked like he Woody had, you know, tried to eliminate Buzz out the window. Which that's not really what he was trying to do. Um yeah, at the beginning of this movie, they do address that they've lost some uh, other toys. And I forgot that Bo Peep was not in this movie at all. When I was uh, watching it, I just assumed that she was in it. So you don't really exact... They're, they're just, just briefly talked about. Um, Anything else? There's that last third act that really just makes it feel... It's, it's hard to watch. Well... Not it's not really hard to watch. It's just hard to experience with them. When Jesse and Buzz and Rex and Ham and the gang and Woody and everyone are going into the uh, the pit, looks like a big pit of hell. You know, is is the landfill. Um, literally, literally, it's probably one of the most heartbreaking things in an animated movie. When you see your main character and everyone's asking them, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And all they have to do is grab the hand 
of the person they care about because they know at that point there's nothing you can do, you know, but hold on. So it was deeply moving just seeing these, you know, these toys grab, you know, one, you know, each other's hand and you think they're about to die and it's an emotional roller coaster at that point. And then, of course, the aliens come in with the claw. Um, I, I, I love that um, that line because originally we see them get sweeped up by by the landfill uh, guy at first. And we're like, oh, well, the aliens are fucked. <laughs> but they end up coming back, uh, deus ex aliens, to come save them. Um, but I liked that uh, through line because <laughs> it's the claw. Same thing as Pizza Planet shit, you know. Um let me see. And and they go through another... There was like three moments within this movie that you think that, uh, you know, the characters could possibly, you know, go down. Or uh, it's just a, a very tough emotional um, plot point. And so at the very end, once they're all um, past the landfill and whatnot... Uh, Lotso ends up getting strapped to the hood of a, of a car for the rest of his life. Like, that's fucking terrible and disturbing. Um, of a garbage truck or, or something. I don't know. Um, which that that was kind of weird that that guy was like, mm, "This smells like strawberries." I'm gonna put this on the front of my hood. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was like, "What the buck?" So uh, yeah, that was the only thing about um, the third act. Well. You know, that's some things about the third act. Um, Andy giving the rest of his toys to um, to Bonnie. I I was trying to remember desperately how Andy knows Bonnie. I think that Bonnie must go to the daycare that Andy's sister goes attends. And Andy's very good with Bonnie. The thing is, it's hard to tell exactly how old Bonnie is at this point. She's either somewhere between, like, three and, I don't know, like, nine. But th- and the thing is, it's really hard to tell just, you know, based off of looks. Um, so, based on the way she was acting, I think that's what, what it would be. Um, when he's giving away all his toys, like I said, it literally feels like you're eating an apple whole. <laughs> I was, uh, I was fighting tears, I would say. And, um... It was. It's hard to watch one of the main characters, you, characters you've grown up with, you know, give away. Um, he's giving away property, but this property—they're they're really people, you know. They're 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 emotions. They're things. They're 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 more than things. They're uh, sentimental value. There's there's so much behind when he's you know pulling out each one of these toys and showing Bonnie the, the sentiment, the, the value they brought to him. And, uh, uh, it, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. And, uh, you know, I get a little choked up just thinking about it. Just, um, watching Andy leave all his toys on, on the front porch and that, uh, that line, you know, so long partner. It's, uh, it's, it's deeply moving. So, Will Toy Story 4 live up to the legacy of the trilogy of the first Toy Story 3 movies? The first three movies. Um, Many people will say they're perfect. 
many people will say they're some of the greatest, and I I can't doubt with just about either one of those statements. Um, you know, I have my nitpicks here and there, but overall, the first three Toy Story movies are absolutely phenomenal, and uh, they need Disney better have them all on their streaming service, you know, ready for whenever that thing drops because I'm ready to I'm already ready to rewatch it and uh you know watching Toy Story 3 um with all its greatness makes me want to have more adult animated content that is geared in this this light I think that maybe this will open up the door to having more animators use scale as a a major factor within animation and also in a a good emotional through line. I I don't think it's too much to ask for, which is something I felt like Sausage Party was missing with the adult animation. They had the scale. They had the concepts. The thing is they kind of went too crude and too vulgar and just didn't really have a great emotional through line with it, which doesn't make it for... um, you know, hitting at the heartstrings, you know, that type of thing. So thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast. If you want to check out the other Toy Story 1, 2, 3, or 4 podcasts, we're going to post all the links down below. Um, If you're listening to Toy Story 3, I'll go ahead and post it. The secret link for the SoundCloud uh, link for Toy Story 4, and so you, the listener, will be able to listen to the Toy Story 4 podcast before anyone else. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Please check out the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, concerns. Check out, <clears throat> check out SoundCloud, excuse me, for uh, the entire library. If you uh, have Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate there, subscribe. Um, uh, CastBox, Google Play, uh, you know, the, the podcast apps you like to use. And, um, yeah, we, we, please feel free to donate. Um, we have a donate link down below. Uh, we take care of the charge. It's uh, paypal.me slash Podcast. Whether you got a dollar, two dollar, ten dollars. We'll take whatever you got. Um, they help keep on the lights and help us get new equipment and pay for the services that we have to use to podcast. So we appreciate all of your support. Um, what else? Anything else? Email, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, all the good stuff. You know what to do. Social media. Um, Toy Story 4 should be coming down the pipe real soon. Also, I've checked out the Lil Nas X 7 EP. It's uh, brand new. It's it's a something. I'm going to drop a review on that and uh, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Luck It Out podcast. And so long, partner. Take it easy. My nose. Here it is. Here's your arm. Give me that. That's Honey, mine. The mustache. We're busting out of here. One, three. One, three. Whoa. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> to reset your Buzz Lightyear, insert paper clip. Rex, use your finger. <laughs> Did you fix Buzz? Itakura espacial. Uh, sort of. Oh no. Oh yes. Return of the Astro Nut. <laughs> <laughs>